Ready? Okay. Well, welcome to the History of Alaska one morning sessions. I'm your host, Junior Francis. I'll be joined by my good friend, Eric Cole, later on. Now, this series celebrates and aims to preserve and promote the Skiar Rock City and vintage reggae scene in Southern California and beyond through insightful conversations with legends and modern day talent, including those behind the scenes. And so many people are working behind the scenes to make this successful. And we are really pleased with the success. Of course, there's always room for improvement. So when you listen to this podcast series or watch us on YouTube, Many thanks for your support, and please tell your friends and your neighbors to tune in and listen. On this magnificent episode, we welcome Salvadorian dancer, culture instructor, and specialist, Ari Vanna. Hope I did okay. <laughs> welcome and thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Hello, how are you, Junior? I I'm doing fine. Thank what you for inviting. Yes, you're in New York City? Yes, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, my stomping ground for many, many years and <laughs> some decades ago. Yeah, wonderful. Where about in Brooklyn, if I may ask? South Brooklyn, close to Coney Island. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know Brooklyn all too well. Mm -hmm. So how have you been? I'm good, I'm good. thank you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have a massively impressive social media following and fan base, larger than life. And you yeah. are definitely helping to preserve the subculture and history and the movement. So we really and truly want to extend our uh, greatest appreciation. Uh, let's get into your background. Where were you born and when were you born? Okay, I was born in El Salvador. It's a little country in Central America. I figure a lot of people doesn't know where that is. I came here when I was 17 and I've been in the United States for almost 17 years already. Like this October in 2023, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have 17 years mm -hmm. in the United States. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? A good thing. A good thing. <laughs> right, right. Brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a sister. Uh, we play together in the same band. And I have like half brothers, but I didn't grow up with them because they grew up when I was already here. Are they all in the States or back home? No, no, no. Back in El Salvador. Uh, so you're alone here? Half of my family is here, but my close family is my sister and she's in here. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned band. You're presently in a, a music band now? Yes, yes. I play in a accordion punk band called Ratas en Celo. That's where mm -hmm. I play with my sister. They're in New York? Yes, we are in New York. Right, right. Wonderful. And how is it going? Great, great. It's really awesome. We've been playing for nine years. This year is going to be nine years. So it's awesome. Yes, indeed. Now you guys get work. Stay busy. A little bit. We we we're we're picky with the show, so we don't play very often. I don't blame you. <laughs> That's one way to preserve your integrity. So, were your parents and members of your family dancers and singers? No, actually, all the opposite. They were very religious, conservative people. So, music <laughs> in general was forbidden in my house. And my grandma liked plants. She had like a nursery home. No, nurse, <laughs> I don't know if that's the proper name. Sorry, like a nursery for plants. And she used mm -hmm. to play like this radio called Radio El Mundo in El Salvador, which plays music from all over the world, but with no words. So that's the first memory that I have of music. Instrumental, no words? Instrumentals, yes, instrumental. Mm. And I remember that that's my first exposure to music. And I remember listening to a lot of like salsa and mambo, but I couldn't see the names of the of the, of the the songs because it was a radio. 
and later I discovered like, oh, that was like a salsa pop song and I had no idea. But music and dancing, all of that was forbidden. My family were not party people. They were very religious. Mm -hmm. Yes. And why was New York City your choice favorite? Well, As opposed I didn't to California, that. where Los Angeles, a uh, huge uh, Salvadorian population out here. Yes. I care too, but in different parts. When mm -hmm. I arrived in Long Island, there's a part called Brentwood, very like concentrated Salvadorian as well. Mm -hmm. When I lived in Bay, Bay, uh, Brentwood, I used to come to New York every weekend and party because I already liked punk all the way from El Salvador. So I was like looking for the shows and all of those things. And I still didn't dance. I started dancing at 20 though, but I just felt like New York had more opportunities and more interest than Long Island. Long Island is pretty slow, pretty boring, honestly. Mm -hmm. And when did you actually discover that you're a dancer? You're going to make a go at it and be successful. So I got into punk whenever I was a teenager. And mm -hmm. when you're like into punk and you're a teenager, you reject mainstream media, right? And in El Salvador, Cumbia, Salsa, all of that dance stuff is mainstream media. They're everywhere. So I rejected that. I mm -hmm. hated it. I, I was like, now they're trying to distract you from the real problems of the world. <laughs> but at 14, it's understandable, no? So when I came to New York and I went to punk shows, I realized, but wait, it's it's a little bit different. Like, I don't really feel like I fit in. So I started hanging out with the Latino punk scene. And <clears> in that scene, people had these parties on like fusions, like punky reggae or cumbia reggae or cumbia punk parties. And that's how I went because maybe of a punk band. And then after the party, there was like a dance party. And at the beginning, I was like resisting it. I felt like it was fun, but I resisted it because I was too cool to dance. And at some point that I stopped drinking, I remember that I was sitting on the table on this underground party space in New York. It was called The Lake. Now it doesn't exist. And I remember I was so bored and stuck up. So... <laughs> I was like, I need something to do because I was sober. So I stood up the table and I started dancing. That was the first time I danced. It, I danced ska. That was the first thing I ever danced. Because it's so easy. You don't need to really. Yes, you know. It's easy. Uh -huh. So did you hear ska while growing up in El Salvador? Was ska played on the radio? So there was, there's a ska, there's reggae over there, but. Back whenever I was a teenager, for me, reggae was like hippie music. It was like, no, 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 no. Mm. And we had like ska, but ska punk. So it's very fast. It's not really right. dance music. It's just really fast and energetic. <clears throat> so you wouldn't hear scatolites, dance drum. No, no, no. no. Probably there was people who <laughs> probably listened to that, but not around <clears throat> teenagers. Has there been any significant changes in terms of what you hear on the radio now with uh, the current modern modernist DJs play uh, contemporary well, I don't really or, listen or traditional to... on the radio, on the airways? No, I don't really listen to radio, so I don't mm. really know what is being played at the time. Mm -hmm. But I've seen, a, mm -hmm. I've, I've been seeing a lot of revival traditional bands coming up. And like, you know, people are always obsessed with the waves of ska. I don't think we're going to have a wave per se, because we have like everything at the same time right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So dancing, who are some of your favorite dancers who have influenced you over the years? Mm, I wouldn't say I have favorites, but the thing that I am more focused is cumbia, mm. eh, reggae, rock, steady, ska, all together. 
Northern song is really fun. And like a few random ones like Mambo and Boogaloo. But those are my three main focus. Mm -hmm. So any dancers in particular who you've watched? Did I watch? Not necessarily the music, but dancers who you said, yeah, I want to be like that person. No, maybe like random stuff, like very, very obscure dances. There's this dance from Argentina called Cumbia Turra. That's something very specific that I would like to do. And I follow these kids on YouTube, but mm -hmm. not much. And what is your primary motivation for starting to uh, teach classes and subsequently focus on social media. Now you're larger than life. Well, at the beginning, what I wanted to do originally was I wanted to do fashion. I wanted to have my own fashion line. And I was like, how can I create an audience that I can mm. attract people like-minded than me <clears throat> and be something visual so I can sell them clothes? No, that was my original idea. And I was like, well, I really like watching this girl dance on YouTube. And I never see nobody dancing ska or cumbia so i'm gonna make videos dancing and that's i already like dancing it's something that i really enjoy mm -hmm. so that was my first motivation but then i realized that the fashion industry is very corrupt and you basically have to step over other people or exploit others in order to make money or if you want to be ethical ethical you need like a lot of money up in front and i didn't have that so i mean one thing took the to the other one and that's how i started going mm -hmm. So why do you choose to focus uh, primarily on dancing music uh, within the primary 60s subcultures of Jamaica, that is to say, ska, reggae, and so forth and so on, and integrate Latin, mod, and soul? Well, like I always tell people, no, I only teach, talk, and showcase the things that I participate on a social environment. Mm -hmm. And here in New York- speech. Talk, three things, right? Three. You emphasize teaching, talking, and what else? Well, I do teaching, mm -hmm. showcasing, and promoting. Oh, I see. Fantastic. Mm. Go ahead. Make your point. So I forgot what I was about you asking. I, I didn't want to lose what you said because it, it seems so important, and I'm learning as we go along. Wait, wait, wait. I was saying. Uh -huh. The focus, right. So the emphasis is on Jamaican sub. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, I showcase the things that I live in New York, the parties that I go to. I don't, mm. I don't, I can't make a video dancing swing because I don't go to swing parties. I'm not a swing dancer. Right. So it's a coincidence, I think, because of subculture. I've been into, I mean, punk brings you to different things, honestly. Once you discover punk, you can discover many more things, but I go to rockabilly parties here. I go to cumbia parties. I go to soul. I go to regular city and ska parties, sound systems. There's a big Jamaican community as well here. So we have like really nice sound systems. So those th are the things that I am already surrounded. And those are the things that I showcase. I can't showcase things that I don't experience. That would be unfair, right, mm -hmm. to ask you. But it was a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that wherever go you wherever you go, you put up a, a video of yourself and the response is awesome, overwhelming. Where did that idea uh, come from? I see people on TikTok doing it all the time. Like they showcase places in Mexico and things like that. And I'm like, well, I wish nobody ever talks about the punk spaces. Mm. There's like dance hall venues in Mexico. Nobody really talks about it. I've never seen that, never, ever. So I just do it. <laughs> 
but I see it on TikTok. Like the idea of showcasing a place is on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And you're pleased with the way your career is going now? Because this is a career for you, right? Yes, I'm already been doing this full time. I'm entering my fourth year. Mm -hmm. and it's good. Every year is getting better and better and better. Uh, so what sort of routine do you follow on a day-to-day -day basis? It's pretty bad. I was telling my partner today that I feel like I have high-functioning depression because it's really hard to get up. And I honestly get up and grab my phone. And this is very sad, but I grab my phone, scroll, very unhealthy. And then I took my sweet time to get up. But once I get myself going, I have a big board in my room with the things that I had to do. I have a calendar with the things that I had to do. I start to go through the most important things. You know, people tell you, when you leave up your passion, you will never have to work. Yes, you will have to work. Or work harder than they have yes, to Right, you work harder. <laughs> because now you, you, if you don't actually move, there's no money coming your way. Mm -hmm. So I usually have a list at the beginning of the month with the ideas that I want to do. And mm -hmm. either if I didn't think the night before why I'm going to record, I go, I sit down and I record on, and, I, and I go over the list. If I had inspired, if I had inspiration or not, doesn't matter. The, the goal is to make at least six videos per day. Yes, because oh. no, I don't record every day though. So I can make six videos, maybe two days, and then I don't record the rest of the days because I do other stuff. No, mm -hmm. Not everything is TikToks and Reels. That doesn't give me money. What gives me money is my paid content. But with the reels is how I let people know that I have paid content. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I do, I go through the list. I have a, like a thing, but my days look completely different every single day. And I'm actually looking for a system that I can make better use of my time. Uh, is that possible? <laughs> you seem to be doing magnificently well. I honestly think it's like something emotional going on. <laughs> and how were you affected by COVID? I think we're just barely coming out of it now. Well, to some degree, we are, well, not out of it completely. Um, people are still dying. I have a friend who just died in New York recently. Oh so I, I have to be mindful of how I cage my uh, question. People are still dying. How COVID affected you overall? Mm, honestly, it's going to sound horrible, but COVID benefited a lot of online businesses. People was locked at home, and that's mm. when my platform grew the most. Ah. I started like to sell actual courses because people know about online courses, but they're like, eh, I'm just going to go to the studio and take a dance class at the studio. But when everybody was locked up, everybody tried to look for ways to keep themselves busy at mm. home. And actually, everybody, and that's just me, everybody who has online businesses, worn up because of people being locked um, in. I missed the boat, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, online business. <laughs> so where are some of the splendid and marvelous landscapes you visited uh, over the years? I saw you in Mexico. Uh, you went to a club that I've gone to, a uh, cultural something, I forget. Um, cultural roots. Yeah, cultural roots. Very hot. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, oh, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just like New York or Kingston <laughs> or huh? the dog club here in LA. Oh, yeah, I've been in that yeah. one too. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Huge. The, the day that I went, they had like three different music rooms. That was yeah. like before COVID. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I visited a Cultural Roots in Mexico, dog mm -hmm. club in Los Angeles. I've been in Los Angeles a couple of times actually because, because I have a lot of uh, following there. So, there's good. 
there's good with classes. Mm -hmm. um, how about the land of your birth? Say it again? How about the land of your birth? There's some spaces, but you will have to see what DJ is playing that day. But like, there's like this place called La Dalia, which is a place all the way from the 1950s that it's still original or everything. And they have like cumbia parties, reggae parties. They do have some sound systems on the beach. They have a like strong like reggae culture there. Maybe not as strong as Mexico, but it's fun and nice. Mm -hmm. um, and what else? Did I haven't done that much with really. Right. How about Jamaica, the epicenter? No, um, I've never been in Jamaica, but I want to. Right. And what's the holdup? I know money is no object. It's like requires a lot of planning. <laughs> <laughs> saving mm -hmm. I wanted to revi re revisit the question of how you select music for your project what process goes into it and what songs so what's the motivation what do you hear music in your head or is, uh, are you influenced by ideas that you see okay I say this idea I want to incorporate this particular track into it mm, sometimes I have like I find a song randomly and I'm like, oh my God, this would be a good idea for a outfit video, for a tutorial, whatever. But I have like every month I start a playlist with music that I find, with music that I hear. I go to my main place for music is YouTube. So I make the playlist, no? November 2023, December 2022. And that playlist is the music that I have like through the whole month. And I go through it whenever I need a new song. Or sometimes, and this one worked, huh? I ask on Facebook, hey guys, recommend me a ska mm. from Mexico. And from all of the things that people recommended me the most, I took the top five that people wanted, like what I was asking for. And I made a video with those two top five. And I was like, a ska recommendation from Mexico. And that went really, really well. So I started doing it with different countries. And people love seeing their flag and their country and their favorite mm -hmm. bands. Talking about mass approach by, you know, going to the masses, from the masses, back to the masses. So from mm -hmm. masses to you, back to, yeah. And, and some, yes, and sometimes it's a strategic, for example, you, if you, you're into subculture, you know, like the classics that everybody knows, like One Step Beyond by the Madness, for example. Everybody knows that song. Everybody knows it and it's very overplayed. But if I put it in one of my videos and people who has never heard of them because they just like probably cumbia from my page. They're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, what is that? So that also works. Something that it's known on the underground and unknown on the mainstream. Right there, that line, that song always <clears throat> works. Even mm -hmm. if I don't like it a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. So over the years, I've kind of developed a tunnel vision where I only see skia, rock steady and reggae. Yes. Uh, so I'd be remiss not to ask you, what are some of the skia Rocksteady and reggae songs that you put into your video and why? Mm, one of my favorite. It's a more specific question. It's more specific. Like the question before was general. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the people who has impressed me lately, I think their his album came up on 2020 was Alfeus. I discovered him through I, I don't even know, I think Facebook or something. Um Family Fruit is my favorite time at the my favorite song of him at the moment. What else? Oh, I discovered this band from Spain called Ska Nine. They have a cover of Love Poison Number no. Nine. Uh, there's also a band from Cambodia that does mm -hmm. uh, interesting things, very 60s, because they're obsessed with that like 60s rock. 
They're called the Cambodian Space Project. The song is called Honda Girl. Those are one of my favorite songs that I have done. Nobody paid attention to those videos, but it was fun. When you say nobody paid attention, you mean that the rating, uh, ratings were low? Yes. People was... want to hear the same bands that have been playing for 30 years. You're kidding. Wow. Right? And that's why before I used to do a lot of rare music, but nobody paid attention. Once I started doing known things on the underground, mm -hmm. exploded. Right. And you're pleased with where your career is going at the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm delighted. I'm about to introduce my good friend, uh, producer Eric Kohler, who's been waiting to join us. Hi there. Hello, Eric. Great to see you. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Um, so you you mentioned um, when you were growing up, you were into punk music. Mm -hmm. Talk about the punk scene if you can just touch on that what it's like in El Salvador well now that I look back in my 30s it was pretty toxic but at the moment it was just fun and most of the so, bands that... so, so when you so sorry to interrupt but when you say toxic you mean unhealthy yeah yeah there was like in what sense huh? in what sense mm, there was a lot of situation like when we were teenagers, my sister and I, I was like 14 and she was 13. And we've been being approached by a lot older people, okay. you know, okay. things like that, no? And it was like, we were, we were, we were offered drinks very early. And as much as I now, yes, I like drinking because I'm an adult. I don't think children should be drinking, but it was something so common. We also experienced a lot of situations of people getting assaulted, oh, a lot of no. girls. Okay. And how did I think about it? Like, yeah. It's so toxic, yep. but in our heads, is it was what it was. So outside of that, but is it a but is it is the punk scene down there big? I think it went. So El Salvador has a lot of problems with violence. By the time that I entered in the early two thousands, there was a big explosion on TV, and the TV had like a lot of pop punk bands like Green Day and stuff like that. That's when everything exploded. I don't know if it happened in the US, but early 2000s was like a big punk explosion. Yeah. And a new generation came. That was my generation. So I think I have good memories. Like we used to be able to just hang out on the street and meet in very specific places. But then there was this law called Mano Dura because of crimes and gangs in El Salvador that made it illegal for young people specifically to meet in public spaces. Like it's a very weird law, but then nobody could meet anymore. And then violence started to get more extreme. Wow. People started to hang out less, less in public spaces. And I hear now it's here and there, but it's not, it's, it, I mean, violence can do a lot of damages. Of course, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So did you guys get a lot of pushback uh, being female or girls? Did you get a lot of pushback from your family or parents yes. specifically? Yes, my grandma hated it. But the more that you repress your teenage kids, the harder yeah, they're going to fight you. So, yeah, they had to bring me here because it was, it was heading not in a positive way. That's why I ended up here. Right, right. Um, you, were, you were talking about filming... Uh, not every day, but 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 numerous times a week, and and kind of x number of videos per per day. Do you have help? Uh, what is your setup like as far as 
um, the way the content is shot and, and, and produced and edited because that's a lot of work. Yes, that's why I have to re uh, cut my days. No, I use a tripod and I do everything myself, everything. The edit, you do? Everything. Wow, yes. that's even more impressive. <laughs> I don't like it. I can't wait for the day that I can hire an editor. You need an intern at least or something, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, but, but that is very impressive. Um, and I, I, I can't remember who, somebody during COVID, and, and COVID is when Junior and I pretty much started this podcast series and, and our History of LA Sky social media accounts as well. Um, and someone during that time had recommended that I follow and check out your page. And so I did. And I must admit, I'm, I love music. Um, I may need uh, uh, to, to, to consume a number of drinks to really dance. When you go out, you don't watch yeah. my steps. Yeah. <laughs> I need to check out junior more, but but uh, but what do you what's some advice that you can give to someone who maybe like myself who's self-conscious about the way they dance or or maybe not maybe not the most um uh um uh, what word am i looking for um maybe just a little more reserved right um but what's some general advice that you can give to somebody mm, i think that the first thing that i would tell somebody who is looking to dance a little bit more confidently is there we go come that's the word i was looking yeah. for confidence <laughs> don't wait until you're in a party dance at home use your body get used to it because that's what awkwardness is like when you're not using we're not used to using your body so i would say yes dance at home you don't need to do it perfectly but if you're used to doing it at home you're going to trust your body how to move or at least to have that confidence um another thing that i would say people is most of the times we feel self-conscious about it because we cringe when somebody dance and we don't think it's pretty. And it's a normal feeling. We all do it naturally. Some people are mean about it and say it out loud. Some people just think it in their heads, but it still affects you. And something that really, really helped me because I was terrified of dancing, not in an extreme way, but I was just like too cool to dance. Like I felt like I was gonna lose my identity if I gave in to tropical music. And, but if you stop judging other people, if you feel cringe after somebody looks somewhere else, but don't judge them. Once you start doing that, your stress will fall down a little bit. I mean, like, good advice. Uh, for specific dances, no, learn the basics. It's really good to know the basics. If somebody pulls you to dance, it's like a language. You need to know how to speak it. Otherwise, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to communicate. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. Um, Okay, so going back to your 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 types of, of videos and types of um, in person right classes because you do that as well. Um, uh, what takes up the majority of your time and 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 focus and how has that changed over the course of time? Honestly, it's the the daily posting because in TikTok I post several times a day, in Instagram one time per day, and now in YouTube I'm posting several times. Well, several like maximum of three, but that's quite some content so, yeah because my other content the one that probably it's long format like my a uh, workout videos or dance meditations yes it's a longer format but it's a passive income once i make it it produces money for me forever like the courses i make it because it's time. like a, it's like the subscription service right the subscription is on on patreon but i also sell courses pre-recorded so it's like two different things okay right and even though that's the not the easiest, but the thing that it takes me the long time, the longer time, 
it's the one that makes me actual money. The likes and the views and the comments. It's nice, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to pay my rent. Right. So, yeah, then you just start thinking with a very business-minded, even if it's something so artistic. Yeah. Well, and you and Junior asked this question and you touched on it, which is not surprising because I have heard um, similar feedback from other online content um, providers and, and curators uh, and creators in that during COVID, right, obviously there was a captive audience, people were home. Um, you know, I certainly watched a lot more online uh, and, and partake more on social media. Um, prior to COVID, though, um, you did have your online, right? You had social media, right? Just increased. Did you do Did you do more in person prior to COVID at all? Yes, I did more in person, and I like doing in person, <clears throat> like as a host, in <clears throat> giving classes, but also taking classes. But there's no money in there. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's nice. I do it because it's a nice way to create community. But there's no money, and I have to leave my home. Yeah, so, yeah. I was doing a lot more whenever I was doing that. And now when I switch to more online, I'm like, what have I been doing all this time? <laughs> There's no money in physical dance classes. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, is there a physical class that you do on a regular basis now that you, that you could promote? No. No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start this series of three weeks, but like one specific dance style, but rather than, one class randomly, one hour. So I'm I'm gonna implement that, but after my trips. And when you were doing the in person, was it was it dance uh, instruction type and cardio, or was it was it one or the other? So I have a couple of different styles of classes. For example, Northern Soul is very technical. Yeah. Uh, we break down the moves, and then you have to do your own thing because yeah. that's basically Northern Soul. Now. The ska class, I have a class called The Evolution of Ska, where we go from the very origins of ska dancing, which was basically jazz moves. It was not all of this. This came later. We go through this style, which is like uptown. The other one is called downtown. And we go later through the, you know, the, the change that I had with the madness, with the moon stomping, with all of that. And I said madness because it's like they set the bar for how two-tone dancing was going to be. And then we bring it all the way to to like mosh pit history and how that came up to like mix with you not know, with, with punk and dancing change. Yeah. And so that's a different type of class. And I also have like a creative style of class, which that one is. So this is the layout of the moves. Mm -hmm. And this is how we can express ourselves through dance. And we like create like silly moves, like things inspired on the kitchen. And then you chop. You have to do your cumbia moves or your sky move in your feet and you're chopping. <laughs> Um, just things like that like um junior we need to sign up for the evolution of sky class oh yes 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 <laughs> gonna have one in Los Angeles. I, I i have seen and i don't know if you if you just sliced it up and, and um but, but i i i i think the two actually no i i would say probably the um the ska videos I, I really enjoy um the northern soul i learned a lot as far as specific moves because you were very as you mentioned in reference you were very uh, it's very specific, right? Um, and then Cumbia, which I know the, the least about, uh, those were also really fascinating videos. Of, uh, and I've I've been turned on to a lot of different um, artists because I like how you how you always right because this is not always the case, but but with you you always list the name of the artist um, as well as the song, and 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 so I, I do think that that's great promotion 
right for for those uh for those artists as well um so that people know you know what exactly you're you're dancing to and what they're hearing so that's really cool um what what type of videos have the most fan engagement when I put flags, believe it or not, the flags, they create like an automatic thing that people feel represented. They feel like somebody's talking about their country and their music. So when I did like a from Mexico, a from Argentina, stuff like that, people loves that. Uh, or cumbia styles, which is a little bit more complex because cumbia is so vast mm. and wide. So when I'm like, oh, cumbia, from Argentina, this style of cumbia specifically for Argentina. And then I do a little bit of the history. People love that because they feel represented. Well, um, touch on if you can, just just maybe not in depth, but, but for those who may not be as familiar with cumbia, um, can you just touch on some of the 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 highlights of the history and and and, and um, uh, maybe evolution of, of, of cumbia? Yes, so cumbia, has its origins all the way in the colony days when the enslaved African people coexisted with the indigenous enslaved people. And of course they had influence as well from Spain, even though some people deny it, there is Spain influence, a lot of it. Anyways, from the from that mestizaje, I don't know what I would say that, but from that mixture is that we get cumbia all the way in the on the 19, I think the 1800s. But Cumbia actually started to spread and modernize on the 19, I believe, 40, something like that, with this record label called Discos Fuentes. Mm. And that's when the music started to be documented in a physical um, format and it started to travel out of, of Colombia and it spread all over. At this point, there's like over 50 styles of cumbia and wow. many styles of dance. So essentially started in Colombia. Yes. Mm. Did I, did I mention yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's pretty um, that's pretty crazy. So and, it's a mixture of African music, uh, indigenous music, and music from Spain, the colonizing power. Yes, there's elements from Spain as well, but it's so the biggest Spain. influence is what the African. So African had like the rhythm, and the indigenous people had like the melodies of the most basic traditional cumbia styles. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of our Latinx music, if, if not all of it, it's African descent. Yes. We yes. know that, right? Yes. If, if the truth must be told. <laughs> and sometimes we should. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, that, I, I think that's some great background. And, and then also, Northern Soul. Junior and I talk about this sometimes. But Northern Soul, to, to some people, means different things, right? But, 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 but touch on Northern Soul versus versus just your run-of-the-mill soul or R&B. So Northern Soul is a whole subculture if we talk about Northern Soul. No? So people think that it's like, oh, what bands do play Northern Soul? That's, that's not a thing. Northern Soul is not a music genre. It's a musical spectrum where different music styles come in. Like there is R&B, there is some funk, there is some boogaloo and Latin Soul. There is some... Um, a crossover modern soul which is pre-disco all of that is part of the northern soul spectrum mm -hmm. uh, from the point of view as dance i will describe northern soul as the british style to dance to american 1960s and 70s soul music and again soul for even for americans it's a spectrum too it's not just like a one straight up rhythm yeah. for everybody 
Yeah. Like rhythm and blues can be considered soul. Sorry, repeat that last part. I mean, rhythm and blues, for example. Oh, can sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Agreed. Right. I, I like that. Um, you earlier on you talked about what was the name of your cumbia punk band? Oh, we don't play cumbia. We just play straight up oh. punk. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I thought I, I thought I heard cumbia punk. Um, Talk about some of the highlights. Uh, well, first of all, what, what what's the name of the band? The name is Ratas en Celo. That means rats in heat. And we play punk, <laughs> straight up punk, but we substitute the guitar with an accordion. And that happened by coincidence because it's the only instrument I knew how to play. Um, can you, that's a great name. Can you talk about some of the highlights though in some of the places you've played? Like I was telling Junior, we were in playing for entering our ninth year. Yeah. We, started, we started like uh, everybody else in our local scene. It, it was the immigrant Latinx at the time. That's when we started playing local shows and little stuff like that. Then, you know, drama and life and things happen. So we started hanging out and playing out of it. And we found our, we found our crowd because no offense, but the Latinx punk scene is very like macho. It's very, and I don't mean it just like in attitudes, but musically, it's just mm. like loud. And yes, we we are tough, but we don't we don't have a guitar, so we can do the whole. And and we found the queer punk scene that went really well. After that, we just went up, 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 up. We got invited to a fest in Chicago. It was called. Lula, no, no, it was called Villa Palusa. It's like a joke about Lula Palusa. So right, Villa right, Palusa. Right. We also got invited to Sonido Fest in San Jose. Mm. We also play many things. Like mm. nowadays, cool. we're very picky with our shows. Is it an all-female band? Yes. I kind of oh, thought so. Right. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll have to. Um, maybe you can send us some links after this too. Um, you often um, you touched on this in some of the places like like L.A. And, and, and Mexico City, but in the greater New York or uh, Brooklyn areas, what are some of your favorite spots that, that you like to go to, whether it's because of music, overall just vibes or dancing or what have you? Mm, I think that in New York, it will always depend on who's the DJ that night. OK, it's fair local bars that we go but if i just randomly walk there at any time it's not that i'm gonna find reggae there's one place though called lovers rock that specializes on reggae but i don't know how active they are and i don't go there unless i know the dj that is playing but i know that they have like they specialize on reggae rock steadies and roots things like that but it's not like it's not like what junior was telling me on the like it's not like the dub club and it's not like the cultural roots in Mexico, that place is insane. Mm, right. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> I have to go. I'm tagging. I'm going to be his baggage uh, handler next time. <laughs> I need to. But get your bag back because we're going in uh, oh, April Claire, 15th. Claire yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. Ticket sales yeah. are moving briskly. What is up with Mexico and these legends that they're bringing? You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to find out. You know, three wow. legends are going. Ken Boot is going two weeks before Clarendonians, and Clarendonian tickets are moving good. And then you have the pioneers in June. Yeah. The place is crazy. It's exploding. Yeah. Right. Junior, the, the first the first legend that you helped to bring to Mexico City was who? Um, you personally. Well, I went with Stranger Call. I didn't help in okay. a significant way, but uh, Derek Morgan. Right. And 
Ken. Yeah. And then I did my own stuff with a couple other artists, right. uh, made own that software. It is it is wild just how massive the the the, the sky and it's uh, a religion in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a concert. <laughs> But it's, it's so cool that these these mm -hmm. stay relevant. Yeah, because... Colombia is doing pretty good well. So Colombia, yeah. Yes, Colombia. Derek Morgan and uh, Keaton Tex, huge. Keaton Tex. The, the place they stayed was like a palace. Wow. We won't get that kind oh, of treatment. Yeah, yeah, we won't get that kind of treatment here yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're going for the for for these April shows? Yeah, Clarendonians. My eleventh trip. Wow. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm 11 behind you. <laughs> um let's talk about your also amazing sense of style, clothing. And and it seems as though you you might carefully choose, right? And and it's all strategic as to what you're wearing when you do certain dance. Um but but but, but talk about have you always have you always like been in the fashion? Yes, that's what I wanted to do at the beginning. Yeah, okay. And it's like so expensive to be ethical. <laughs> you could, I can do it cheaper. I can go to El Salvador and get it done for cheaper. Then whenever you see like what you're doing, it's like, mm, let's do something that we're not hurting somebody. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I change the way that I dress depending on the music. I, it, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, but because I don't want to be like the dress very traditional 1960s dancing to something very modern i feel like that's just yeah, you you you, you want it you want it to work yeah not wrong but i just feel like people already hate me if i do something like that i'm gonna be way more hated so do you do you shop any specific locations mm, i try to support a small independent brands whenever i have the opportunity sometimes it's a little bit pricey but it's independent but usually I buy thrift stores. If I mm -hmm. if I find something a generic brand or very like evil brand on a thrift store, I will buy it. But maybe I will not buy it for specifically from the store. But I do a lot of thrifting and I do a lot of um, small businesses. Yes. I work with actually a lot of small businesses. A any in particular that you that you want to shout out? Hey, I work with mod shoes, really cute shoes, pricey but they're independent. And this brand from. I always forget if it's Indonesia or Malaysia, but they do button downs, three finger, classic 1960s, very pretty. Mm, button down, three brands. finger. <laughs> right? It has to be three fingers. <laughs> For the suits. It's <laughs> also Britak, mm -hmm. uh, from Barcelona. There's a lot of little independent. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you buy a lot of clothes too when you travel? Like, do you try to support locals uh, when you're on the road, so to speak? Yeah, that's something that I did in Mexico. I did, like, a shopping tour where I just uh, visited alternative stores. Mexico has everything. Mexico has nothing to envy the United States. It's a very unique city. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they have a lot of uh, alternative stores. They have a whole mar street market. Have you been in the street market? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. right, the Chopo, it's, it's incredible. And I went with this mentality of... We have those in New York. Are you kidding I me? <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, yeah, blow your mind. Mind blowing. We have those, but it's not. It's not like that. Not it's as like concentrated. A... So, 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 is it just because I I don't know? So, it's a like a a, a vendor marketplace. Yeah, the place I went to. Yeah, you're, for instance, punk rock. If you're a punk rocker, they have enough stuff to supply perhaps all of Los Angeles, <laughs> and the variety is breathtaking. 
very humbling experience. Here you have to go to specific stores mm -hmm. to find stuff. There right. is an area. One stop one. shop for, for mm -hmm. wow. the street. And I was down there uh, when I think Ken Booth and we. Wow. Mm -hmm. sounds... oh, Eric, you gotta go to Mexico. Miss I know. Mexico. I need to go. I, I unfortunately I cannot go to in mid-April due to um, previous commitments. But um, uh, but yeah, sometime I will for sure. That'd be amazing. Um, uh, what um, have you ever had? So so your videos are you. Have you had guests ever? Uh, sorry, the videos the the. Primarily, the content that you show are just you. Obviously, when you're when you're out and about, I have seen other people, you know, uh, kind of in the background, so to speak. And but like your videos that you shoot, I think at your place is is you, right? But or do you have yes. ever, anyone else? Mm, I wish I could have more guests, but it's hard to find somebody, at least locally, that I can do projects like that. Like in Mexico, I invited one of my favorite sonidero dancers. Uh, two classes for him too. His name is La Perris. He's like in a TV show and local TV show in Mexico oh. and everything. He's really cool. Uh, but I don't really have like a lot of like, dancers to feature on my thing. I wish I had more though. Yeah. So this is where I come in because I can do some traditional Jamaican dancing. <laughs> yeah, next time I'm in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, uh, going back to the to the Jamaican side of things. Um, in you being in the, in the in the greater New York area, um, there are a number of 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 reggae and ska bands, right, and that that pass through. Have you had a chance over the years to see uh, whether it's legends or contemporary uh, bands, uh, kind of on the ska reggae side of things? No, I saw recently. I think the last ska show that I went was Bycat or Catbite. Oh, Catbite. Yeah, it was yeah. my first time seeing them. Yeah, I have not seen them yet. They're coming out here in a couple months, but they're great. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Maybe not probably my first choice when it comes to like dance music because I, I'm like very specific what I like. But it was a lot of fun. I really liked the clothing and they had a really good connection with their crowd. Yes. Yes, yes. That's what I heard. Really fun. Yeah. What's the name again? Catbite. Mm -hmm. They're they're um they're they're I think they're East Coast, right? Based. Mm, I think they're from Philly. Yeah, they're, they're based in Philly. Oh yes, 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 yes. I think you're right. Yeah, from the Philadelphia area. Um, they're coming out here with We Are the Union and um, and another group. So um, I think we'll have them out here in a couple months. Yeah. Well, um, March 18th, if you're able to come out to Los Angeles, we have Stranger Cole coming. <laughs> He's coming to Los Angeles uh, uh, with um, with Ocean Eleven, a great old school. Um, uh 90s you know rock steady scott group here so and this is the closest you're gonna get to what actually happened in 1962 when he kicked off his career wow. he'll be back by the 3045s yes and they yes. have traditional scare rock steady and early reggae down to a science yes yeah, you, you must I, be familiar with 3045s right? you know that they, they they do it so well that i almost get annoyed i'm like but this sounds too that's the whole idea. <laughs> because for traditionalists, they, we, well, we don't necessarily appreciate or even tolerate much variation. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking, though. They're perfect to backing bands that they specifically need that traditional sound. Yeah. yeah. But we have a lot of those bands out here. Uh, they're, they're on top of their game now, but we do have musicians, so to speak, who really and truly uh, specialize in you know, capturing the essence of that sixes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, and that pairing of the legends with 
um, contemporary local musicians here goes back to the to the to the nineties. Really. And Los Angeles has more Skyrock uh, musicians than any other city in the United yeah. States. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I believe that. Um, as we're as we're soon nearing our, our destination, um, you you also record, and and I think it's part of your one of your subscription some burlesque videos. Do you get do you get um, do you get criticism at all for for any of that? Yes, all the time. Every time I post, I lose three hundred followers. Oh, <laughs> you, you lose. Oh, that's sad. But the following number is not paying my bills, and people is like, "You don't respect yourself." You know the classics, or people who think that I, I I used to like you, but now you sold out. And I'm like, I've been doing that since I started. Right. I'm, <laughs> now I'm using the blue app. And before I was using Patreon, but it, I'm doing doing the same exact thing, and people are like, nobody's gonna respect you. And, and people, sorry. Oh no, no, please go ahead. So it is. Uh, it, can your mom and dad watch <laughs> those videos? Probably, but pro I don't think my grandma would like it very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not explicit. The burlesque is never explicit. Right. I always right. warn people that because sometimes people think it's gonna be something explicit and they want a refund, and I'm like, it says it on the thing. Yes. Yeah. No. That's what I was gonna say. I think. I think it's very clear on your, even on your, Instagram profile, right? It, it says, uh, I think it does a good job of saying what you what you do, right? And and references burlesque, but 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 no full nude or whatever that is. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's too bad that you lose those followers. But 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 I but I think at the same time you're probably gaining over the course of time gaining followers, right? I'm I I'm thinking about maybe separating because it's affecting me and the other part is a really good it's really good money that's the thing that we've been sexualized the whole time and the time that we want to cash in actually of that objectification everybody has a problem with it all of a sudden they don't have a, they didn't have a problem before when they left the comments or were weird and nobody has ever disrespected me inside my my blue app a content nobody ever 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 oh, people who disrespect me is the ones that don't pay me, the ones that just slide on my DMs and send me unrequested pictures and things like that. And is that, if you don't mind me asking, is that more men or women who 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 have a problem with it? Men. men. Well, no, men and women, honestly, but yeah, both. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess. I can't they... eat the likes for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and as they say, you can please some people sometimes, but you yeah. can't please all the people all the time. <laughs> I think that was Peter Tosh, right? <laughs> um, uh, what what else would you like uh, our 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 viewers and listeners, and 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 I'm sure there's some crossover to your fans, um, to know about you, whether it's past, present, or future. Mm, I don't have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really have any idea. I like your honesty. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, will you will you tell our um, tell everyone where they can find you online? Well, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, even Twitter. Even though I never use it, I'm everywhere as Araniva A R A N I V A H. Um. Yeah. Or you can type in Dance Culture by Araniva, and I will come up. You can always see my little logo. Araniva. Araniva. Mm -hmm. Araniva. Mm -hmm. It's actually my last name. 
So, oh, 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 that is your last name. Okay. Uh huh. So, uh, uh, and you're very clever. You go by one name. That's real Hollywood. <laughs> one that's name. name Elvis. I like that. But Madonna, Elvis. You know, that's great. Yeah. Beatles. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, as, as Junior said. Thank you for, for joining us tonight, but also thank you for uh, all the time and effort and creativity um, that you put into everything you do. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I continue to learn. Um, I'm going to become a better dancer, <laughs> partially through uh, your your instructions uh, and and your videos. So, um, congratulations to you on your success on that front. And um, if you're if you're out in LA sometime and go to the Dub Club, you have to let us know. But um, yeah, we definitely appreciate and uh, and enjoy what you do. So please please keep it up. But you know what I did notice before we uh, um, close shop is that the and I didn't look at very many uh, videos to draw a conclusive conclusion, but I noticed that the Skia, Rocksteady, and Reggae got a lot of likes in comparison to some of Am I accurate in my observation? Yes, Sky is the thing that I... Sky and Northern Soul. So Northern Soul is the thing that gives me the most money, honestly, because Northern I make okay. money on my courses. It's the one that I sell the most. And... I don't really sell that much courses on Sky, but whenever I have like a scam month, I grow a lot. But it <clears throat> it wears me down, so I have to take big physically and mentally. Yes, it, it, I start hating. It. I'm like, oh, again, again, again. Like, it's normal. If you eat your favorite food every single day, you're gonna hate it by the end of the month. No, but co eat grass every day. <laughs> so when right? Wait, wait. So, so just just zero in on that. Are you saying that is? So, so it's not that the the style of Scott dance is more intense. You're saying that it's it just wears more on you in other ways. So I love Scott, and there's many generations and many styles, but it's a very monotonous. Oh, oh I see. It's very monotonous, and there's only I don't really like. I'm not gonna dance to third wave ska or ska core in my room by myself it makes no sense so i focus most like the dancing part on traditional because that's like the most pleasant to dance it makes more sense but yeah it's like mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like i already heard it all that's why i liked alfeos because i was like wow i haven't heard something so good in so long and there's also a song you guys should check it out it's really interesting it's by general levy it's called roadblock and he has this mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even know how to describe it, but it's like a ska beat with the very with the way that he raps on top of it, like dance hall oh. stuff, and not so good. And a ska, ska beat. Yes, it's a ska mm. rhythm. We'll check it. Yeah. Or roadblock. It's okay. General Levy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's good to know. So, any parting <laughs> words for your fans? That again. Any parting words for your fans? Just stay dancing, guys. Don't judge stay other people. Stay dancing. <laughs> I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, Junior, thank you. Yes, and thanks uh, to everyone for uh, your ongoing support. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast series and our YouTube channel. Follow at History of Alaska on Instagram and join our Facebook group. Yes. In the summer. And um, follow this gentleman at Junior Francis. And this series is produced by Rockery Radio at rockery underscore radio and as we always say as well thank you to everyone out there for the ongoing support and please get out there support the music scene keep the, the scene vibrant so we can have uh promoters venues 
bands, DJs, <clears throat> dance instructors, uh, fitness gurus, um, uh, you know, stay in business. So thank you again. Appreciate uh, of, you being with us tonight. In the words of thank Professor Entongela Masalela, if you love the music and the culture and you don't support, it will go the way of the dinosaurs. Physically yes. support. You have to support or else it would leave us. Thank you so much, guys, for the invitation. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Good talking and, to you. Uh, until next time, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>